Blog Talk Radio. Hello, animal friends, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewitt, and I hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning so far. Now, tomorrow is Halloween, and I always try to remind everyone about some basic safety tips with regards to pets, because it can be a very scary and dangerous time and not in a fun way. So Marianne Dell will be stopping by momentarily, and the two of us will be going over all the basics to make sure Halloween is as fun for your animal friends as it is for you. Then after our halftime break, Brenda Barnett from Los Angeles Animal Services has a big event to tell you about that will hopefully result in thousands of animals finding new homes this fall. This will be a Pet Place episode filled with great information, so snuggle up to the radio with your pets and we'll get started after a very scary quick station message here on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and my Orange County Register pal, Marianne Dell, is joining me now to talk about a frightening subject. Hi, Marianne. <laughs> Hi, Marie. <laughs> well, it tom- can be very frightening, can't it? It sure can. Tomorrow is Halloween, and, and I know that my family has a great time uh, decorating the house and getting everybody in costume, and, and we get way into Halloween. But but I do know that our little doggies get a little about all the activity, all the coming and going, and the doorbells, and the knocking, and it's it's kind of a scary time for the animals. It can be. It can be very disconcerting to them. Animals are such creatures of habit, and they like their world to not be rocked, and, you know, the occasional visitor, they take in stride, but person after person after person coming to the door can be a little overwhelming. Sometimes people might think it might be a cute thing to have the dog in costume to greet the kids. And if it's something your dog's been doing for years and is used to, that can be fine. Mm -hmm. But as a rule of thumb, it's probably better to put your dog and your cat and your bunny and any other pets you might have in a nice safe place, maybe with a radio on or the TV or better yet, a family member with them. Mm Mm-hmm where they can just be comfortable and kind of chill and yeah. keep them away from all that. And it's good, too, to keep them away from the door because if you have a pet who's a bit of a door darter and you're not paying attention because you're busy getting the candy and you're talking to the little kids, all of a sudden, boom, out goes your, your pet and it's dark outside and that could be... Really, Ab- really bad. Absolutely. And there's all those, strange, all those strangers. Mm-hmm. And if you have a dog who isn't comfortable with strangers or isn't used to seeing people with flowing robes and painted faces and masks, there's no telling what the dog might do if somebody tried to grab it. Right. And if your dog is normally a very sweet dog 
and is frightened, any frightened dog is capable of biting. Absolutely. And we, we do see a lot more of that around Halloween, so please, please be very, very careful with your pets. Yeah. You mentioned uh, costumes on animals, and we, we had our little costume contest here at the pet place, but of course I always encourage people only to put costumes on their pets if their pets like it. And some pets do. Mm-hmm. In fact, Jim, our engineer, has a couple of uh, nephew and niece dogs who get costumed, and they seem to really enjoy it and prance around and have a good time. But but some dogs and cats and other animals really don't like costumes. What's your advice to people? If you really want to do it, it's something you should start planning for long before Halloween. Get your dog or cat used to having a costume on. Show them the costume, feed them some treats and some goodies or play with a toy around it. Then maybe lightly put it on their back. Don't hook it. Don't put their feet in it. And then take it off and give them a treat. So Mm -hmm. they associate that costume with good things. And over a period of time, get them used to having that costume on and wearing it so that it becomes a matter of course. It's just something else that happens in life. And it's always associated with something good like play, treats, pets. And by all means, whatever kind of costume you do, don't put anything on your animal's face and make sure that it's short enough that they're not going to trip in it and get their legs tangled up in it. Oh, good advice. And you probably want to make sure that there aren't any little buttons or jewels or anything like that that they can chew on and potentially choke on, too. Absolutely, because as we who have dogs know, everything is a potential chew toy. (laughs) And I know my little Pomeranian can probably get any costume off within 15 seconds. Absolutely. (laughs) And something a lot of people might find if they just slap a costume on a dog in particular is the dog will just freeze. Mm -hmm. And they might wonder, oh, is it too tight? Not necessarily. It's strange. It's something very different to the dog, and the dog doesn't know what to do, and that's often what a dog will do. They will just freeze because they're not comfortable. Okay. I know we have a big Halloween pet parade going on this uh, afternoon over in Belmont Shore, and a lot of people are excited to get their pets into the parade. But, again, just make sure your pet is truly up for it. I know that a lot of people are excited about it, but... It's not fair to your animal to force anything on them that they're going to be uncomfortable with and potentially, you know, get into a situation that can make you liable in case they bite somebody or scratch somebody or run away. I mean, there's so many things to consider. So only do it if everybody is okay with it. And when I say everybody, I mean the animals. (laughs) Absolutely. And there's a couple of tips that people can think about. Uh, I've judged that parade a couple of times and watched it a couple of times. And a lot of people get really creative doing things like getting wagons. And and I realize it's a little late now to say this, but it's food for thought for the future. Decorating the wagons with a theme and then just putting the dogs in the wagons. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the dogs don't even necessarily have to have costumes. Or maybe they can just have a scarf Mm -hmm. or a T-shirt if they're used to wearing T-shirts or something that's built on a T-shirt. Okay. And that can be easier. And the other thing I wanted to mention, too, was it's much better to do an organized event like this, like the costume contest that the pet place had 
one of the kennels where I train, Crossroads, does a Halloween contest every year. Those types of events are supervised, they're monitored, people are watching the animals. People can pay attention to their animals because the focus is on them. And that's much better if you feel you want to do this with your pet than trying to tra- take your pet trick-or-treating. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, as far as I'm concerned, basically a no-no. And another thing, too, when you're out trick-or-treating and you walk up to a house where somebody else has a dog, they might have a dog that is not happy about other dogs coming to their front door. Absolutely. And who knows what can happen under those circumstances. And a dog that normally is perfectly comfortable staying inside the house might see another dog outside and run out either wanting to play or if, as you say, it's not comfortable with other dogs, perhaps wanting to chase that dog off, and that stuff can then happen. Absolutely. And we always mention every year, for cat owners, if you have a kitty, especially a, a dark-colored kitty, a black kitty, if it's not already an indoor cat, make sure it's indoors on Halloween. Absolutely. We try not to think about some of the bad things that people do to animals, but for some reason on Halloween, it's the time that we see crimes against animals, and you really need to do your part to make sure your pets are safe. Absolutely. And another note on that subject, and this is post-Halloween, keep the candy out of the reach of your animals. Ah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Even though they want it. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, If people get sugar-free gum, there's an ingredient in that called xylitol, which is deadly to dogs. Oh, wow. Um, A very little amount can kill a dog. And chocolate, as we know, can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, the darker, the worse for the yeah. dogs. Some dogs can tolerate small amounts of it, but it is not worth checking out or trying to find out. Best rule of thumb is make sure it's up high in a cabinet, preferably with a door shut where the dogs can't get to it. And I know a lot of kids like keeping their candy in their room, and even if they think they've put it in a place that's safe, animals are pretty creative. And and they've got remarkable noses, and they could figure out those hiding places. Yes. So sticking it under the bed where the dogs can't see it really isn't going to stop them, and it's right down there at their level, particularly if you have a small dog. And another thing, too, is even the candy wrappers, because they have uh, residue on them from the candy, and I know that my dogs will definitely sniff around for those wrappers, and we don't want our pets eating a lot of wrappers either. No, there's that, and they can also cause blockages in the intestinal tract, and that means surgery. Oh, yeah, and and not only pain and suffering for your pet, but pain and suffering in your pocketbook. Absolutely, (laughs) and we don't want either of those. That is so true. How are you planning on uh, spending your Halloween? Uh... Probably handing out candy. I live in a very quiet neighborhood, and we don't tend to get a whole lot of trick-or-treaters, but we're ready for the ones who are, and my little dogs will be either in their crates or upstairs in the bedroom lounging on the bed, and my okay. big dogs will be upstairs lounging on the bed with them. Okay, so you're you're not doing any uh, judging this year? No, I'm not. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> when you've been a judge in the past, um, tell me about some of the the best costumes that oh, you saw. Oh, my gosh. 
we've had just some amazing ones. The people with the Bulldogs, for some reason, and, you know, Justin, who uh, coordinates the Halloween parade in Long Beach, mm -hmm. has a Bulldog, and he's very big in the Bulldog community, and I think the, a lot of the Bulldog owners come and rally around that. And Bulldogs tend to be pretty darn mellow dogs, and I've seen some. I remember a pirate one year in a... <laughs> in a um, a wagon of some kind, and it and it was safe for the dog. It had sides on it, and he was sitting there, and I think he had an eye patch on that obviously he'd been acclimated to because it wasn't bothering him at all, and a little wow. pirate hat, and there was a skull and crossbones, and the sides were decorated like a pirate ship. <laughs> um, and we get all kinds of things. Some of the people come to the parade, and they dress up with their dogs, so everyone's in a theme, mm -hmm. and that's always lots of fun. Wow. It really is fun to do things like this with your pets. But again, as as Marianne, Marianne and I have said, please make sure your pets are up for it. And if they are, then we wish you a very, very happy Halloween. And Marianne, it's always so good to talk to you about subjects like this. And I hope next time you come back to the pet place, uh, we can possibly start talking about some other up, up, upcoming holidays. And we've got Thanksgiving and, and everything in December and... Boy, oh, boy, lots of things to think about. Yes, indeed, there are, <laughs> and I hope we can do that too, Marie. Well, we need to take a quick pet place break now, but don't go away. Brenda Barnett from Los Angeles Animal Services is standing by, and she's got information about a gigantic pet adoption event that you definitely want to hear all about. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'm very pleased to welcome back to the Pet Place Brenda Barnett, the General Manager of Los Angeles Animal Services. Hi, Brenda. How have you been? Good. Great. And, and uh, thank you for having me back. Well, it's so nice to talk to you again. I know that uh, you've been at the shelter now for about a year, and you've settled in, and things are moving along nicely. Well, they're moving along. We're, we're making progress. That's great. And I know that you've got uh, some big holidays that you're planning for and, and a big event for the month of November, and I'm wondering if I can ask you about all that. Absolutely. So tell me, I've heard about an, an event that shelters from all over Southern California are participating in where the goal is to adopt out five thousand animals. Absolutely. Can, can you fill us in on that? Yeah, they're calling it the Fall Five Thousand. Mm -hmm. Uh and I think that has to do with some NASCAR terminology. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very cute theme. Uh, -huh. uh it means we're gonna speed these what these uh you know, great companion animals into homes. And and what one of the things it's regional. It it includes all the shelters in LA City, LA County and and beyond and um and so we're trying to all you know take advantage of this promotional opportunity get our great companion animals into the homes that they deserve. Wow. And what steps are you taking to try and bring those numbers up? The adoption numbers. Well, for I think publicity is one of the things. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't realize what amazing animals that you can get at the public shelters. Uh, sometimes, sometimes people just don't even like to go to the shelters because there's barking and, you know, and it makes them a little sad. But we have probably the most amazing dogs, cats, bunnies, critters, 
in the public shelters that you can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, at least, I know this is true in the city, and I suspect it's true elsewhere, the animals are available in our shelter for a day before they go to any rescues or anywhere. So, you know, we really have the cream of the crop available for the public. Just come in and take a chance on falling in love. (laughs) I know a lot of people think of shelter animals as, problem animals. People have given them up because of behavioral issues or illness or they're just old and and they're just not worth having. What's your response to that? Well, you know, I I think that um, some of that is true, but I think for the most part uh, people have hard times when they've had to downsize, they've had to move in with family, there may have already been companion animals and they couldn't take theirs. So the animal may already be house-trained, mannerly, and wonderful. And some of the older dogs and cats uh, are just amazing. They're mellow. They go in. We have people tell us that, you know, she just went in and she laid down and it seemed like she'd been here forever. So they're just, you know, they're grateful to have homes. And and the people at the shelter, the staff and the volunteers, will tell you as much as they have observed about the animal's behavior. So, you know, they may say, now, this one has got a lot of energy, so you need to be a hiker or a jogger. If you're a couch potato, this one may not work for you. Mm-hmm. So just talk to the people who are handling them. Talk to the people in the shelter. They'll tell you the truth. They want the they want the placement to last. Well, that's wonderful. And I know when I used to work at the Orange County Animal Shelter, I saw a lot of people bring in relatively young dogs and yes. purebreds, and basically they would say, well, you know, we just don't have time. Exactly, and that's a really good point. I would say that at least 25% of the animals in shelters, it's estimated, are purebreds. Um, you know, people will, and also people will go to pet stores and they'll buy them, you know, around Christmas, and then, you know, several months later they'll find out they need to be groomed and they need to be house trained, and then they'll just say, whoa, I can't do this, and they'll go turn them in. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad for the animals, but it's uh, it's quite a windfall for anybody who's looking for a beautiful, beautiful pet because there's definitely lots and lots of them at the animal shelters. Absolutely. I think over the years we haven't done a good job of getting the word out about what really, truly wonderful companion animals we have. And the cool thing about going to an animal shelter, and what I've heard a lot of people tell me, is that animals seem to somehow know that they're getting a second chance when they've been adopted, and they really appreciate getting into a new home, and, and they just make remarkable pets and remarkable companions. Absolutely. They they will give you um, really love, devotion, unconditional acceptance for the rest of their lives. Are you still seeing a lot of animals coming into the shelter that have not been spayed or neutered? Well, As far as uh, strays that the uh, animal control officers pick up. Yes, and in terms of of what people do surrender, even though we have a spay-neuter ordinance here in Los Angeles, uh, we haven't gotten the word out to everyone, and not everyone realizes how important it is. Uh, But we don't place any animals until they have been spayed or neutered. So that's one of the things that you get with a shelter animal is you get an animal that's been vaccinated and spayed and neutered, and you don't have to worry about any of that. That's wonderful. So it really is a good deal. But I want to talk a little bit about spaying and neutering. You were saying that a lot of people just haven't gotten the message yet about how important it is to spay or neuter. If you could tell somebody out there who's listening right now why they should spay or neuter their pet, what would you say? 
I would say because we have, you know, 50, over 50,000 animals coming into our shelters every year. It's usually, it's really actually 55, 56,000. Wow. And of those, about 20,000 don't make it out alive. Mm-hmm. And it's because there are animals who are being, you know, bred. People don't have homes to, to place them in. Or they have good intentions and they think, well, you know, everybody will want one of my puppies. And it doesn't work that way. So mm-hmm. un- unless you are specifically uh, breeding for a reason other than just to see your dog have puppies, uh, it's really not helping. And it's it's a disservice for, for the very animals that you love so much. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we could get everyone to spay and neuter, it would reduce the animals coming into the shelters. And then we would be able to give the animals who do end up in the shelter as much time as they need until we can find them a home. And that would be wonderful. Absolutely. You know, I know a lot of people would like to help the animals, but they might not be in a position yet to adopt, but they might have maybe a month or a couple weeks where they can foster an animal and start teaching it house training and good manners and that sort of thing. Do you have a foster program that people can volunteer for? We absolutely do. We have foster programs for uh, puppies and kittens, for little puppies and kittens, with and without their mother. Mm -hmm. But we also have a foster program, which is my favorite, for those wonderful animals who uh, just need a little bit more time in the shelter. Maybe they need to be socialized a little bit, or maybe they're just too many dogs that size and that shape that particular time, and they're amazing dogs, but they need some more time. And to get those out in a home and to have people give them sort of home care and attention and training for two, three, four weeks is really a lifesaver. And it, you know, it also means what we find is that these foster volunteers are so amazing. They take the dogs uh, for a walk in the neighborhood, or if they have a cat, they invite their friends in to meet it. And they usually come back to the shelter to turn the dog or cat in, and they bring with them their friend who fell in love who wants to adopt <laughs> it right there on the spot. So, I mean, uh, it's it's also a great marketing tool. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's very cool. And are you expecting a lot of your volunteers to bring some of these animals back for the big uh um, fall 5,000? I think some of them will. Uh, one of the things that we're working on, I don't know if it will come totally together for the fall 5,000, but we are working on opportunities for foster families who want to place their own animals because sometimes it's hard to take them back to the shelter. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about some programs now where they can actually bring them to the mobile pet adoptions and they could help interview the next family themselves. Oh, that is so cool. How can somebody become one of these foster volunteers? Well, for for Los Angeles City, you just call the shelter closest to you or the shelter that you want to work with Mm -hmm. and talk to the staff and say, I want to sign up to be a foster volunteer and, um, you know, or send me an email and I'll get you hooked in as long as I know, you know, where you live, what what shelter you're closest to, I'll connect you with the right person. Wow, that sounds spectacular. What are you doing now? I know that, you know, with your other volunteers who are helping at the shelter, you've got a lot to plan for for the 5,000. 
for the fall 5,000. Uh, what, what are you working on right now, and, and what can the volunteers do to help get ready for this event? Well, I think talking it up in the community and getting people excited to come over is, you know, is a great thing. I mean, the truth is that a lot of the real work is being uh, done by the organizers. Uh, so there, it's sort of a gift to, to the shelter and a gift to the animals. So we're getting the animals ready. We're getting them spayed and neutered so they can hopefully be ready to go home on the day they're adopted. Uh, and because if they're not adopted, sometimes we have to hold them until the next day, but we're trying to get some adoptions done ahead of time. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, there'll be some grooming and some brushing and some bathing. You know, we want them to put their best paw forward. Okay, so, so some of the volunteers can actually do some grooming then. Absolutely. That'd be okay. wonderful. We, and we always need volunteers doing grooming because, really, if you go into the shelter and you see a doll that looks well-kept and well-groomed and smells good, it's a little bit more attractive. Absolutely. And what special things about this event uh, make it different from other adoption event, events you've had in the past? Well, I think one, one part of it is that uh, all the shelters are offering discounted adoption fees. Uh, so that will make it a little bit more economical for people. And the, uh, the, the adoption fees do vary a little bit shelter by shelter, so I won't give the specific fees, mm -hmm. but all of the uh, shelters are uh, giving a discounted adoption fee. Uh, I think the fact that, that it's so regional that you can go to any shelter, the shelter closest to your home, or you can web surf and just fall in love with uh, with a few pretty faces and drive to that shelter. Oh, wow. uh, you know, so it, it's such a regional event, and you know, it, it we just it's a gift that's being uh, produced for the shelters by people who care and. Um, we're going to take advantage for our wonderful critters. That's wonderful. And the event sounds amazing, and I hope it is hugely successful. So, Brenda, thanks again for being with us this morning and sharing all this wonderful news. My pleasure. It is time to take our last break of the morning, but we will return. So be ready for Pet Place news and events here on AM 1260. Radio show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Hey, do you all remember our friend Justin Red from Hot Dog? Well, his biggest canine event of the year is happening today from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m. at Livingston Park in Belmont Shore. It's the 11th annual Hot Dog Halloween Parade, which will include more than 500 costume dogs and a few thousand gawkers. This parade will raise thousands of dollars for spay and neuter programs, Operation Santa Paws, and other pet-related charities. It's not too late to enter your pet. It's just $20 per dog. And it's free to enter the Kids Costume Contest, which begins at 2.20 p.m. The kids actually get to walk at the front of the parade, and it is a lot of fun. For more information, visit www.com. H-A-U-T-E-Dogs.org. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.